parts of my life, and um, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna sort of just share a little bit on the Exodus journey of you know the Israelites and how that sort of coincides with my life as well. So I think the three main points I just want to share is um, is um, what do you say the Egypt? If you guys know the story of the Exodus story. Um, is the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt for like quite a few generations, oh, yeah, 400 generations or years or something, yeah, yeah. and um, in that time, like, there was a lot of, um, like, just slavery mindset that was instilled in them, and it, and it actually became, like, um, you know, their security, like, it was their identity, and um, everything rested upon um, them being slaves to Egypt. And they got stuck in that mindset. So um, coinciding with that, New Zealand, growing up in New Zealand was my Egypt. Um, so as some of you probably don't know me, but my name's Lepani, not Larry. <laughs> you can call me Larry, it's all right. It's all right. Um, but I, I was born in Fiji, and I... Um, grew up in New Zealand by the age of four, so I did all my schooling in New Zealand. So you might hear a bit of an uh, Kiwi accent now and again. Yeah, bro. Um, but I, I've, just looking back at my life, New Zealand was a real... Because as a four-year-old moving to New Zealand, I did not know a word of English. And I was excited to go to New Zealand. I heard about it, and that was the place to be when you were in Fiji. Like, you want to go to New Zealand? So I, I, I don't think my parents prepared me for school, so I just went to school and I didn't know a word of English. So that was my starting point, my Egypt. <laughs> and I think um, I quickly caught on to the fact that I could read people's body language, so I can understand what they, they were saying by how they were, how they were trying to... <laughs> yeah, body language. Um, even now, like, it serves me well. Like, I can read people's body language, so everybody's engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's engaged. Simple. Just have ah, sleeping. But, um, but, yeah, but that's later on in life, that's um, served its purpose, especially in the sport, sporting arena. Um, but, yeah, just in those early years, it was a real fear that people, like, I felt alone because, like, people didn't really understand me. And I couldn't um, communicate that. And just now, living here, um, I'm able to communicate myself a lot better. And um, yeah, a little bit on my journey in New Zealand. Um, I grew up in a, 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 how do you word it? Uh, a Christian family, yeah, yeah. And they believed in God. And it was um, um, in my teen years, my parents um, actually started ministering in church, like they were pastors of the church. And that to me, um, I was still trying to find myself in, in, like, in life and stuff, and my parents taking on that role, it sort of meant less time with me and my other siblings, and it sort of felt like we were backseat drivers in the, the whole ministry thing. But um, I think at the age of 11, we, we attended a Hillsong sort of conference, and some of you might, heard, might have heard this before, like um, I wasn't really into all that loud music and stuff because I grew up in conservative, like singing, choirs and stuff. And I, 
I went to this concert. I didn't like it at all. It was just hurting my ears and too many guitar things and like, but I love it now. I love it now, Andy. Um, but yeah, it was, it just irritated me the whole time that I was there. But thankfully, I was out of my comfort zone. Like I, and then after that night, they um, invited everybody to the front. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to the front. <laughs> and then everybody in my youth that, that was there that night um, started going to the front. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be left out. So I just went to the front. <laughs> and yeah, I ended up just really um, just opening myself to God and allowing God in my life. And I was, I was 11 at the time. And just a real peace came over me. Like, um, I don't know, before you, before you allow Jesus in your life, you feel like the whole world's on your shoulders, sort of like there's a real burden there. And just allowing Jesus in there, you're like, oh, nothing more. Um, I can't do anything more than to deserve God's love. Like, he just loves me for who I am. And, and yeah, that's, that started my journey. So... Um, I haven't even looked at my notes, sorry. Um, yeah, when I was 15 or 16, I decided to leave my parents' church. Um, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because I don't know if you guys know of, like, the island culture and stuff. Like, church with your family is the be-all and end-all. So, if you leave to go to a different church, you might as well believe in a different God yeah so that was a massive thing and I knew in my heart God has been hounding me for like half a year you need to find your own church you need to find your own church so I was like oh my gosh how am I meant to do that um, my parents are the pastors of their church and just sort of thinking uh, how would it look like to them like for the people in, in their church and um, there was an opportunity came up. Like I went with my um, my friends. Thankfully, there was a church held in the my high school hall, so that made it easier because I knew people um, that were going to the church. And then my best mate was going to that church too. So I decided one morning that I would tell my parents, "I'm not coming with you guys to church." <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, like yeah, I didn't get a hiding or anything. So. But they just, it's like they just dismissed what I decided, and they just left. And I was like, yes, I get to go to a different church. <laughs> but I, th I don't think they took it seriously, though, because every Sunday after that, it was always, they would always ask me, are you coming to church? And then they would give me sort of like a, a sad face and stuff. So, But I, I, pers I, I persisted, you know, because I knew that's what God wanted. God wanted me to... Um, to grow my own faith, not my parents' faith. So um, I did that. In the end of that year, we had a, like a youth service. And I invited my parents because I wanted them to see like how much I've grown since going to this church. And I actually got an opportunity to share my testimony. And that was the first time I think I've ever shared my testimony. And it was, um, was nerve-wracking because before I shared my testimony, it was... Um, they asked me before I went up on stage, oh, do you want the lights on or just the spotlight in your face? And I was like, oh, yeah, spotlight in my face, that'll be nice. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't, I won't be able to see anybody in the crowd. And then 
as soon as they turned the lights off, I had my notes right here and spotlighted my face and I was like, I can't see anything. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, that, that just made me even more nervous. I was like, I don't even know what to say. Um, can we have the lights on, please? <laughs> so they turned the lights back on. I was like, oh, I can see everybody again. And then, yeah, I just went for there. I just read everything that was on my notes. And I, I sort of honoured my parents. Like, I could have easily um, spoke badly about them, but I, I really honoured them. And then I was just saying that my mum is sort of the greatest influencer in my life um, to follow God. Because just a bit of a backstory, my um, my mum endured, um, you know, unfaithfulness by my dad. So, and she stuck with him. And then I've always held that against my dad. And I, I don't know, just, just seeing my mum's faith through that and holding on firmly to um, just her marriage and fighting for it. And I think that to me was um, the biggest example for me for a warrior. And she was a big believer in prayer and she prayed all the time. And she'd be like fighting in prayer every night. And um, yeah, like I said, New Zealand's my Egypt. <laughs> So, um, in 2006, I decided to um, come to Australia. Um, and Australia, to me, is my wilderness. And I don't know if you guys know the Exodus story. Um, God calls the Israelites out of Egypt and through the wilderness. And I'll just share um, what God says about the wilderness journey. And I hope, it, I hope it brings light to, um, like I've always thought the wilderness journey is like, oh, desert, oh, no. But I've, I've seen it as like a challenge to grow. And in Deuteronomy 8, 2 to 6, um, God says, And you shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, so that he might humble you and test you to know what is in your heart, or mind, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, a substance which you do not know, nor did your fathers know, so that he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. I'll carry on. It says, your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. Therefore, know in your heart that the Lord your God disciplines and instructs you just as a man disciplines and instructs his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk. That is to live each and every day in his ways and fear and worship him with all filled reverence and profound respect. So that to me sums up, how many years is it? Maybe the first four or five years of my life in Australia. Um, so I, I moved to Australia uh, to pursue a footy career because previously in New Zealand, um, a couple of years before, I was um, recruited for the New Zealand Warriors um, development squad. So I felt on top of the world when I got, got recruited. 
I was like, oh, man, I'm better than everybody else. Yeah. And that just really brought out a real, like, prideful attitude in me. And uh, looking back, that I'm glad that happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known I, I had that inside me. So, And during that time, yeah, I had a real mindset that I was, oh, because I'm in this team, I'm better than everybody. And there's a real competitive nature in that team. And everybody's vying for positions, for contracts and stuff. And um, just gives you a glimpse to, like, you know, professional sport, and that's a real, it's a real eye-opener. And as an 18-year-old, like, it's, all you know is high school and your aunt and your parents, but now you have to sort of uh, be on your own a bit more. So, yeah, I came to Australia. I moved to um, Albury, Wodonga. Anybody been there? Uh, not that many brown people down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time. Look, I grew up in New Zealand, heaps of brown faces. <coughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I'm, I went to Australia, to the country, and I, I remember landing in Melbourne. I was like, yeah, I'm excited. And there was like a three- or four-hour drive to Albury from, from Melbourne, and all I saw was like brown grass, brown grass, dead grass, brown grass. I was like, what? Where am I going? I've never seen brown grass in my life. <laughs> Living in um, Fiji and growing up in New Zealand, that's lush, it's green. Only dead grass you see is if, if you've left something on top of the grass and you move it and, oh, what's going on there? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I was getting myself into. That, to me, just, I mean, it just summed up the fact that I'm, I'm in my wilderness. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of growing on here. There's a lot of growing to be made here. And um, so that le sort of leads me to um, uh, 2011 was when I finally sort of fulfilled my dream of being a professional footy player. And that was, uh, I accepted a contract in France um, just for, like, it was just a, a train and see how good you are sort of thing. And at the same time, like, when that deal was being made, I met Sarah. And... It was a real chance meeting. I don't know. I need a whole other, like, session to actually go through it because God was, yeah, God was in it, definitely. Ah, it's beautiful. I don't know. They should make a movie about it. So. Um, I think that all the time. I should probably pitch it to someone. Um, yeah, no, we met. We met at a um, youth event um, at Parramatta Park of all places. Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to Parramatta Park. It's not the most safest place to be, but they had an exo day at the park, yeah. So that made it a bit safer, I don't know. Made it a bit safer. Sort of Christian youth people around. Um, yeah, we met that night. Um, and a week later, just to make condense the story, but I went to New Zealand that week after I met her. And we were messaging each other that whole time. Because she, she gave me a number, so. Um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I was in New Zealand. I was just messaging her heart out. Like, um, I don't know. It just felt comfortable. Like, I was at peace just messaging her. Like, there was no, um, there was no I want to be with this girl. It's just, like, just getting to know her. So that was good. And um, a week later, um, we decided that she would pick me up from the airport. Oh, which was cool. 
And when she picked me up from the airport, we, um, we had our first date that whole day. I spent it with her, and I was like, after that day, I didn't want that day to end. And after that day, I was like, man, I want to be with this girl for the rest of my life. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's beautiful. I can hear the music in the background, but um, uh, where to go from there? Yeah, no, three months later, we got married. Um, yeah, oh, it, 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 we rushed the process a bit because I was leaving to go to France and we didn't want to be apart. So um, before I went, we decided to get married and then we went to France. Oh, yeah, Tom, sorry. Uh, Ten months later, we had Nox and Chai in France, which is good. And then, cut a long story short, 23 months later, we had Maxim River, and we decided to move down here to Aladala. And that brings me to my next one, Aladala. Safe harbor. And Aladala is, at the moment, it's my promised land. Um, like, I'm still now and again, like, you're going through wilderness. I think you're constantly going through the wilderness period where you're growing, you're being challenged. But I feel like, like, Aladala's been a real home for me. Um, I've never stayed in one place for so long since moving to Australia. So, to me, it's a real, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, getting to know people a lot better. Um, I'm learning to trust people a bit more. <laughs> and I'm learning the culture, you know? How's it going, mate? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm learning to, like, when somebody says, how's it going? You, All right, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then you have to say it back, don't you? I always forget to say it back. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. And then I just walk off. <laughs> I don't know if that's, is that rude? Oh, it is a bit rude, eh? Oh. Yeah, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Um, okay. She'll be right. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> um, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Aladala, land of milk and honey. And, and I'm planted in this beautiful church. I'm full of beautiful people, like... I honestly urge you, like, if you don't know anybody in this church, pick one and get to know them. Just one person. And then you'll learn to love this church. Um, I'm growing in character and faith, and I'm keeping God at the center in this church. So, I've got big bold letters here saying that my wife is the biggest warrior. Thanks, Fred. Um, you know, it's always good for you know fathers to sort of take over the role a bit. And serving at the color conference allowed me to be a bit more hands-on. I think more with um, like preparing stuff for the kids, like you know making their food and and getting their stuff ready for school. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> like you get to know your kids a lot better. Like you know which one sort of needs a bit more help and which one you, oh, you just tell them to go change and they'll go change and like I really enjoyed that but I'm actually really enjoying Sarah being back as well so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so three things that I've put here that you can learn 
from my life, a warrior's life. So, number one, let God lead you. God knows best. He knows you way better than you know yourself. And that's so true. Number two, never try and do this journey on your own. You need a church family to do this journey with. You need a family of faith warriors to battle with, pray with, and grow with. And I'm so happy that I'm planted at this church. And number three, don't take your life on earth for granted. You were created for more, and you were saved for more, and there is more that God wants to do in in you and through you. And God keeps his promises. Yeah. Thank you, church. All right, I have completely just thrown Leanne off because I think that (laughs) Lepani has shared so much gold and I know Leanne has so much gold too and I don't want to cram it all in so that any of it gets lost. So I think we're going to have Leanne maybe speak next week because I think Lepani just covered it all so well. Let's stand and I want to finish here because I think God wants to speak um, maybe a little bit more into what Lepani was saying and I'm going to get Lepani just to pray for us and we're going to sing Good, Good Father, I think. And maybe you feel that you're at one point on the journey, as Lapani spoke about, maybe you're in your wilderness or you're in your Egypt and you just don't know what the way ahead is. And I just think that maybe God is going to encourage you, hopefully, or he already has through what Lapani has said, and um, just make a way and maybe birth some fresh hope that you f- you might feel like there's there's no light at the end of the horizon. What a-